Here, let's read this verse out loud together. John chapter 17, verse 18 says this. It says, in the, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. In the same way, read it with me. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. To, to realize today that we come on mission and we are about mission. It is not missions. It is mission. Take the S off. We are on mission. Now, I know that if you hang out around Grace Point Church, you'll find out real quickly that missions is important to us. But missions is important because mission is important. And once we understand that we are on a mission, that we are about a mission, that God has a mission for us, then missions is just where it takes place. It can happen here. It can happen in Mali. It can happen in Zambia. It can happen anywhere. But mission is what we are about. God has put us on a mission. And as we come today, we begin a month-long study to kind of wrap up our five-month study on a journey, as I've called it, on a journey to, to understand what God's desire and purpose and direction is for our life. And if I could call the church anything, the church is the minivan, all right? And we're all piling into the minivan here, and we're on this journey to these five parts of our mission as as he's called us to as, as he's as he's calling us to and, and, and enabling us to live life as he designed it one of those that we started off the first of the year with is worship and i think we have to ask ourselves the question when we come to the topic of worship is how deep in my relationship with god am i is my relationship with god deeper today than it was yesterday then if it's not, it's not really worship. I don't care how much we sing, how much we clap, how much we dance. If we are not growing in our deeper understanding and appreciation of who God is and the vastness of who He is, then I don't know that we're really worshiping. I think we're going through the motions of worship. Community. How am I connected to a spiritual community? Nobody needs to go on a journey alone. Nobody needs to go repelling alone. Listen, if you don't go repelling alone and you don't go deep sea diving alone, and you don't do any of these other extreme events alone, then I wouldn't go through life alone, all right? Because life is much more dangerous than repelling, I'll promise you. Life is dangerous because it blindsides you. Life is dangerous because those who you trusted end up being the ones who hurt you the most. There's so much about life that you've got to figure it out, and the only way we can figure it out, I think, is really in community. And that community is a very important part. We spent the month of February talking about that. March, we spent some time talking about transformation. Because in transformation, that talks about what God wants to do in our life. Where is He taking me on my journey? How is He changing my life? I hope that you can look at your life today and say yes today from a week ago, yes today from, uh, from a month ago, God has done X, Y, and Z in my life. That's the great thing about journaling, keeping track with what God's doing in your life. Mapping out, maybe as you pass those mile markers, yes, but mapping out as God leads your life, finding out where He's leading you just by looking backwards sometimes. God has been up to something for years in your life. Are you aware of that? Are you on that track with Him? That transformation is a work that will happen till the day we meet Jesus in heaven. Read Philippians 1. Until the day of Christ Jesus, God is continuing His transform, 
transformative work in us. Last month we talked about ministry. We spent a long time talking about ministry. We challenged everybody in the church to find a place of ministry. Every, every member, every member needs a place of ministry in the church. But I want to move us this month to understanding that not only does every member need a place of ministry in the church, but every member needs a mission in the world. And we need to understand that it goes way, way, way beyond here. Way, way beyond, beyond this room. That we are on this mission that God has called us to, to the ends of the earth as we sing about. John chapter 20, verse 21 says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Understanding that just as Jesus was a missionary, I mean, think about it. The Father, God the Father, had one son, and he made him a doctor and a missionary. Jesus was the great physician, but he was also a missionary. And so if, if, we, if he was sent that same way, we ought to be sent that way into this world. You may be a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer, or a businessman, or woman. You might be a homemaker, but you have a calling even beyond what you do from day to day. It's to be on mission with God. We need to be missionaries in wherever we are in life. Acts 20, verse 24 says, The most important thing I can complete is my mission. The work of the Lord is... Jesus gave me, I tell the people the good news about God's grace. Understanding my mission and what I'm about is to helping to transfer the message that's in my heart, the message that's changed me, and helping it to go to the places and to the people who haven't yet heard. Now, I could preach this message and any of the messages this month with my arms tied behind my back and blindfolded because this is my heart. This is where my heart beats. And as you know that, if you've been around here any length of time. But I realize this, that we must talk about this regularly. Because if there's any of our five major tasks of our church that will grow coldest the fastest, ministering, no. Transformation or discipleship, no. That We see we have needs and we need, know we need to change to get out of the messes that we're in. So transformation is agreeable. Worship, we enjoy that, okay? Understanding the depth and the, we- and, and the breath of God, that's a beautiful experience. And you realize how small you are and how big God is. And that is a humbling yet beautiful experience. But mission is the thing that grows the coldest, the fastest. And I believe it's exclamated by, by, by Christ in his life in the last days that he was on the earth following the resurrection, five different times in five different books, do we, does he record one message? And it's the message to go. It's a calling for us to go. He does it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And now we come to the book of Acts where we'll be today. Find in your Bibles the book of Acts. Because in Acts we will find where he challenges us five different times how we need to be on this mission. Not just in Acts, excuse me, in these Gospels and in Acts. But in one of those, we're going to read one of those accounts here in just a moment. Now, why is it so important that he says one thing five times? I mean, if if somebody says something one time, it's important. All right? If God says it, it's important one time. All right? It's kind of like you don't tell your kids, I have to tell you five times to do one thing. You don't do that. That's not good. But the reality is, is that we, as God's children, have a hard time obeying, especially in this area. This area, again, grows the coldest the fastest. And so here, as you, as you look at this, realizing this, a Stanford University study came out and said this, that it takes hearing something seven times in order to form an opinion. I thought that was interesting. 
It takes an additional seven times to internalize what's heard. A person must hear a truth 11 times in order to change a false conception. So I believe that Jesus said it at least five times if he didn't say it up to 11 times. Because what he was trying to do is he was trying to rewrite the program, the hard drive, if you will, of his disciples' mind to get them on mission, to live on mission with him. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 is where we'll begin reading. This is as Jesus is preparing for his ascension. Verse 4, we jump in. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but now... You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so they heard, they had, excuse me, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They're still thinking about some earthly kingdom here on earth that surely now you're going to bring back, remove the Roman oppression and bring back the the, the, the Hebrew culture and traditions and kingdom. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons that the Father is fixed by, the, by His own authority. But, here's what you need to focus on. Don't worry about those other things, okay? But you will receive power. You might hang on that word for a little while. You will receive power from where? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will do what with that power that will be upon us by the Holy Spirit? What are you going to do with that power? And you will be my witnesses. Where? Where are we supposed to do this, God? We're supposed to do this in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the very end of the earth. Now, folks, I can't make it any plainer than that. We could all say amen and go home with that. Because that right there gives us the power, gives us the, the calling, gives us the mission, gives us how we're going to do it. He gives us the method. It's a road map. This is a road map telling everybody who's a believer in Christ, this is what you're supposed to be about. Now, as we think about what we're supposed to be about, what is that? It is to be His witnesses. His witnesses, and this word witness is where we get our actually word martyrdom from. To the point of death, to dark places, to hard places, to wherever. We need to be about the Father's business. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 11 says, This was God's plan for all history which He carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now if He gives us this plan... And this has been what, what God has been about and His plan for so, so, so long. Okay, how do we do it? How do we do it? And I think what He does is He even gives us, again, in this plan, in this roadmap, He gives us kind of the layout, if you will. He gives us zones, if you will. He tells us, okay, you're going to do it here, you're going to do it here, and you're going to do it here. So we're going to be His witnesses. His Spirit's going to give us the power to do it. And, and so therefore we're going to have the words and the know-how and the whatever as we, as we go and do it. But now where are you going to do it? You're going to do it in three zones at least. I'm going to lump them down to three. You might see there are four words there, four descriptives, but you'll understand it as we get into it. But there's at least three zones that we need to be considering. Am I on mission? And it's not you pick your zone. I don't see that at all. These are all sequential. 
These are all going at the same time. It's not, well, we're going to, I'm going to focus on this zone, and, and Mike, you focus on that zone, and, and I'll get somebody else to focus on this zone. This is a calling for all of us to be a part of. All simultaneously going on at the same time. Number one zone that we need to be focusing in on is that I must realize that I must share with those in my world. I have a world around me. My world, if you might call it, because he's speaking here from Jerusalem to the disciples in Jerusalem who are living in Jerusalem. He says, listen, go to your Jerusalem. Go to your neighborhoods. Go to where you live. Start there and work out. Go from there and that point forward. The problem is, is I'm afraid we don't see the unbelieving world around us. We don't, we don't share with the unbelieving world around us. We don't feel with the unbelieving world around us. I'm afraid, again, because this can grow so cold so quickly in our life, is that we kind of just come inside of ourselves and we don't see the world that we work with, we play with, we vacation with, we study with, we live next to. We don't see, we don't feel, and we don't share. And there's a disconnect between the mission that God has called us to. And we don't see the world around us as something. Do you realize that if that if Northwest Arkansas is somewhere near the national average, that today, home, doing their own thing, going to the lake, working in the yard, whatever it is, there's 122,681 people in Northwest Arkansas that will not go to church today or this weekend any other time. 122,681. How is that? I don't know. There's churches on every corner. I don't know. We put welcome signs out and say this is our service time. Why in the world those dumb idiot 122,000 people aren't showing up at church? I don't know. I mean, what else more can we do other than go to them? We need to realize that hanging a shingle out on the side of the road and saying, hey, we're open for business, isn't going to get them in. But 122,681 people out there are out there. And they drive by churches every day and they have no interest in them. So opening up another church is not going to be enough. Opening up this church doors wide open, having five, six services in a weekend, is not going to be enough. Another study was done of 65 million Americans today in America will be unchurched, will not go to church. The North American Mission Board says that half of those would go to church if a friend invited them to church. Now think about that one. It's bringing it a little closer to home. When we do a North Point new members survey, we ask, and those of you who've gone to North Point know what I'm talking about, the very first Sunday of North Point, we take a survey of all those who come through who have been in the church long enough and feel like maybe Grace Point is maybe a place for them, and so they're, they're there on that first night. And the very first thing we do is we ask them to fill out a survey. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. You realize the number one response of why people come to Grace Point Church is not because of a handsome pastor. I know, it shocks you as much as it does me. It's, it's not because we have a beautiful building, though there are a lot of people who like our location or whatever. It's not that. It's because a friend or a family member invited them. There is a tremendous disconnect whenever we do not see ourselves as the missionaries on mission with God right here in northwest Arkansas. Invest. Here's four words for you to think about to make a part of your life, your DNA, your ethos as an individual, invest. 
Invest in your friends. Invest in your neighbors. Invest in your ball clubs. Invest in your rotary clubs. Invest wherever you are, your life, in other people's lives. Learn to invite them. We try to create an environment here that a seeker could come in and not be confused with our verbiage and our language and our terminology and our ways. We try to say, hey, listen, pimps, prostitutes, and perverts are welcomed at Grace Point Church. We don't care. You're welcomed here. Invest, invite, intercede. Listen, we're not going to break through walls. We're not going to break through barriers if we don't learn to pray fervently for the people in our circles of influence. But one more is to introduce. Begin to introduce the faith to them. Begin to talk about spiritual things with them. Begin to open up a conversation with them. When Jesus goes through the the town and He heals a man who's full of legions of demons, legions of demons, they couldn't even count them, okay? It was a military troop inside of this individual. You talk about a man terrorized by demons. And what does Jesus call that man to do as soon as he heals him, as soon as the miracle is performed? This is what Jesus said. Go back home. Go back home. Go back home and tell the people how much God has done for you. So the man went all over town telling how much Jesus had done for him. The very first place we go when God does a miraculous work in our life is go back home. But we don't stop there. You notice this guy went through the entire town. There's something about that should happen in every believer. There ought to be a fire inside of us. There ought to be a burden inside of us. There ought to be a sleeplessness that wakes us up at night whenever we think of friends and family members and co-workers. Oh, I can't share with Christ on the, on the job. You know, you know, get creative. Quit giving excuses. It's time for us to realize the mission that God's called us to do. And the greatest thing we could do from a miracle of God working in us is to take that and to share what God has done in us. Think, I don't know what to share. I don't know what to say. Here's a verse for you to memorize. Luke chapter 12, verse 12. Easy, 12, 12. Luke 12, 12. Here it is. The Holy Spirit will teach you in the very hour what you should say. Read that with me. The Holy Spirit will teach you in the very hour what you should say. Say it again. The Holy Spirit will teach you in the very hour what you should say. Say it again. The Holy Spirit will teach you in the very hour what you should say. Close your eyes. All right? Say it again. The Holy Spirit will teach you in the very hour what you should say. Again, with your eyes closed. You just memorized a verse. Kids do it in their class, but you did it in here. Now, promise, it's a promise of God. Claim it and live it. Get out on the edge and engage people who are far from God. Get to know them, share with them. What do I share with them, Mike? Three things that everybody, you need to know, I need to know. We all just need to face this reality, and then we can begin a relationship with God. Number one is that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Everybody needs to realize that. And I know that that's a hard conversation to have with people. So the best way to have that conversation is to admit your own sinfulness. All right? Go into a conversation with somebody who's far from God and just start talking about how, you know what, my life was screwed up, I messed up, and so You don't have to glorify all your mess up. You don't have to list out your laundry list of sins. But you can just talk about how you were wandering 
in lostness and aimlessness for a while. And then all of a sudden, through circumstances and events and relationships and messages, all of a sudden God captured your heart and you realized that you needed Him. Tell them that story. Then two, go on and tell them that they can be saved. That they're a sinner and need to be saved, but also that they can be saved. This is a great time to just share with them John 3.16. To share with them 2 Peter 3.9. God does not want anyone to be lost, but He wants all people to change their hearts and lives. Tell them they can be. But then thirdly, tell them how to be. All right? Show them from Scripture these three things. They're a sinner need to be saved. They can be saved. But then also help them to cross the bridge. Don't just build a bridge. Help them to cross the bridge. Hold their hand. That Christ suffered once for sins. The righteous, He's the righteous. For the unrighteous, we're the unrighteous. That He might bring us to God. What a great verse. That's where Jesus fits in the picture. He's the one who's connecting us with God. Not the pastor, not the priest, not the church. Not even you. It's getting them to focus on Jesus and to trust Jesus alone. If we could do that with our friends and our families, what a difference we might be able to start making in their life. Conversational. You don't have to preach it. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. This may take weeks to get there. It may take, you may share one little simple point in over a six-month period. And then the next six months, share the next two. Who knows what happens? Let it be an organic thing. But let this be something that we take on as a mission in our world. In northern China, a Christian woman decided not to attend the second session of her evangelism training class with the missionary in the country. The missionary became disappointed because he really thought that this lady had a lot of potential. It was really going to make a difference across the nation of China, at least in her little little pocket, her region, maybe start something great, I don't know. She didn't show up. For months, the missionary couldn't find her. And finally, he found her. And said, Why didn't you come back? He said, I just couldn't come back. Why couldn't you come back? I was too busy. Well, everybody has excuses. Of course, he's an American. He's thinking, oh, I've heard that in America so many times. I'm too busy to come back to learn how to share my faith. And until he, he probed on a little bit further and found that this lady, over the course of 10 months, had shared and led 4,000 people to Christ and established 60 churches on one-day class on how to share your faith. It doesn't take much when the Holy Spirit is in you, giving you the power and the words to say, you have everything you need. If you don't have the Holy Spirit and you don't have the relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a disconnect. But when the Holy Spirit is there, you can be the little lady in northern China bringing 4,000 people to Jesus if you get yourself on mission with God. Number two, it's not only being about the mission around us, but it's that I must dare to reach beyond my world. It's not just my friends. It's now I must reach out. Again, I come back to the 122,681 people in Northwest Arkansas. I don't know them. You don't know them. First, we start with our relationships, those that we know, those in our Jerusalem, those right around us, those that we shop with, those that we that we hang out with, those that we go to the gym with, those that we work, those those are the people. That's the Jerusalem for us. Now let's move to Judea and Samaria because that wasn't far from Jerusalem. Samaria was exactly to the north of Jerusalem. It was right there. It's, so we're talking about a regional area. We're looking at Northwest Arkansas as a region. Over 400,000 people live here. 122,681 of them are not in church. What are we going to do about that? We need to see ourselves as being a part 
of the solution. And we talked about this for weeks now. The best way to bless a community is to start a church. It's the only thing that bless a community, body, soul, and spirit. There's a lot of people who are spiritually wandering in this world. We need to spiritually be there, be a voice for, of God into their life. We need to think about how we can bless them body and soul as well. Look at the statistics across Benton County alone. 900 families divorce every year in Benton County. What if we could be a church that would bless a community, soul and spirit, and help families stay together and stay whole? That's what we've got to think about as a church. It's how can we be a part of a solution to a, to a community issue? How can we be a part of helping the 600 children who are turned away? This is a statistic. It's a little dated. It may be more or less than this now. But 600 children who are turned away from the Benton County Children's Shelter for a lack of space in a year's time. How can we as a church be an answer to a community problem, body, soul, and spirit? We have to think about these things. These are real-life issues that are going on around us. And I like the way the message paraphrases James 1.27. Real religion, the kind that passes mustard before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight. We have been talking about church planning since the summer, since this past summer. I want to introduce to you something that we talked about then, but it's now, it's now time. It's now time to launch. We're looking at in the fall of this coming year launching a multi-site campus for of Grace Point Church. This is going to be an opportunity for us to reach into Rogers where there has been Midtown Rogers in the lake region of Rogers to where there has been a lot of churches. I'll just leave it at that. A lot of churches that are leaving that area. We want to go back to that area actually where we very, very first started as a church and to have a multi-site campus in Midtown Rogers. We're looking at doing this because of the need, because of the vacuum, because of the void that is there, and to take the DNA of Grace Point Church into that area that I grew up in, rode my bike, went to school, and so forth, but also because there is a tremendous need there. We're looking at offering a Saturday night gathering of worship, we're looking for 15 to 20 families from this campus. We're going to start referring to the Bentonville campus and Rogers campus and so forth. We're looking at leasing a church facility over there on a time that they're not using it. We're not buying land or anything like that. But we're looking at leasing and looking at starting a multi-site campus over there in Midtown Rogers. That would be a Saturday night gathering to give a different alternative for a different set of people, a different demographic of people. We're going to offer context-specific ministries that meet the specific needs of the Midtown Lake area of Rogers. This specific needs could be anything from, again, looking at the body and the soul of community and saying, okay, what are some body-soul needs in this community? Do you realize in the area that we're looking at starting a church, there are more children on subsidized lunch meals than any other schools in that area, the very elementary school I went to being one of those. What we're going to try to do is to think about how can we be a presence in that school, in those schools, in the community, and set up ministries in targeting specifically in that context, in that area. I love Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, stoop down and reach out 
to those who are oppressed and share the burdens and so complete the law of Christ. There's so many other reasons. There's there's the opportunity for us to to reach a multi-ethnic area there that we're not necessarily reaching here in Bentonville. But there's a need there. With with the, the Castillos having to go back to Peru, there's still a tremendous need there. Maybe we can go in there and start something that whenever he comes back, it will only be ready for them to take it and go with it. But this will be one church, one message, one leadership, one budget, one vision, just multiple zip codes. You might think of it like this. You might think of it like this. We have three gatherings here on Sunday morning. We're looking at adding a fourth gathering in a different zip code. It'll all be the same message. It'll all be pretty much the same, but it'll just be a new opportunity to reach into a new area. We're looking forward to this. And you'll be hearing about more of it in your body life groups and uh, as we move forward to this. Here, here's, here's a couple other things to just jot down if you want to. About 2,000 churches are trying this multi-site model. I'm going to have a lot more on my blog this afternoon that you can read if you want to. But as we talk about church planting, this is a more efficient and effective way of doing church planting. And again, without the sake of time, the dollars and the amount of people and so forth that's required to start a church and the energy to start a church, this is a step, this is a hybrid to church planting. And we plan on uh, trying this model. Uh, out. Number two is it takes the church to the people rather than saying people come to the church. So we are going to go to them. We're going to keep the church local. For so long now in America, churches have become more regional hubs. We want to take the church back to the community, back to the people right there. So be praying about that. Also, it's proven, it gives an opportunity for a family who's at Grace Point Church, says, I like Grace Point Church, I don't want to leave Grace Point Church, but I want to be a part of the calling and the mission of helping to start a new congregation. Well, this is an opportunity for you to stay a part of Grace Point Church, at the same time be on mission with Grace Point Church. So it's a hybrid, again, of church planning versus uh, and, and also staying at Grace Point Church. Something to be praying about. We'll have more to come in the summer months about this. The, the campus pastor that we're looking at for this campus, each campus will have its own individual campus pastor, uh, but the campus pastor will take care of hugs and body life groups and, and pastoral care needs and so forth like that. But Pete Finfrock, who will be, as many of you all already know, Pete will be looking at being our campus pastor in Rogers on Saturday night. So be praying about that. Your family may be called to be a part of something like that. This is our zone. Would we dare to reach our zone? All right? More to come on that. Let's move on. Number three, I must care about the whole world. It's not only my zone. It's not only my friends. It's not only the zone immediately around us, but it's the world in which we live. We, uh, as a church, have always been about missions. Again, I say that. We've been about under-resourced, helping the under-resourced of our world. Think about the work that we've had going on in Haiti for years, helping the under-resourced. The work that's going on there in the very near future. A team is leaving this week for Zambia to help with an orphanage, building of an orphanage in Zambia. I think it's going to be our largest team ever to go out from Grace Point. A total of, I think, 17, 18, 19. I, I told Mike Phillips, just come back with the majority of them and, and that'll, be, that'll be fine. But 
We're sending out this team to help build an orphanage. Under-resourced people in the world. How can we be on mission helping out with the under-resourced people in the world? I would love to tell you. I wish I had more time to tell you about the Peanut Butter Project. As y'all, some of y'all know about that project that we uh, did, that we raised tw- uh, nearly $20,000 for at uh, Christmas time. Our first container is in process of being packaged, 20-foot container, to be sent to... Um, um, to be sent to Mali. We're working through the logistics on that to get ready for that. It's going to be an amazing thing. I have a lot more to share about that. But there are meals, there are UTFs ready, uh, ready to eat therapeutic food that we're going to be sending over there to help chronic malnutrition, which is 38% of the children in Mali. And again, it started with your contributions at Christmas time, but it is going so much further than that. It is going now, I can tell you, of a $70,000 gift on top of that that has come in through another organization that's partnering with us, that's partnering with the International Mission Board. Again, the story is amazing. But we are a church about helping the under-resourced, the underdeveloped in our mission projects. But even, even beyond that, it's about helping the unevangelized, those who are far from Christ. Now let me say something back on the other. Because one thing about our church has been amazing. As I counted it up recently... 19 different meaningful conversations I've had with members of Grace Point Church who have needs and projects and ideas and aims and loves for mission work around the world. I love the DNA of Grace Point to have that many families involved in mission. But also there's the unevangelized, where we have taken our focus, we have zeroed it in on on a region in the world that is called the 1040 window. If you look at the world and you say, where in the world are the most unreached, unevangelized places in the world? You go 10 degrees, uh, 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 excuse me, 10 degrees uh, north of, uh, of the equator and, and 40 degrees north of the equator, and you'll find a 1040 window where less than 2% of that population, billions of people live in that area from West Africa all the way to China. Missiologists will tell you that's the most unevangelized. We have, in recent years, and without making a big to about this, have made it our focus to make that our priority when it comes to missions. To, because my philosophy is how, why should anybody have a chance to hear the gospel twice until everybody's had a chance to hear it once. So let's make sure everybody has had a chance to hear it. We help support in various and sundries of ways, and I can't even go into this because this is the message of this podcast, naming these countries because these are also difficult countries to go into. But these countries, the, the, the country that's down in the, in the middle of the water there is a country that we're actually sending our first family as Grace Point Church this coming year to live there. And they'll have more about that in a couple of weeks. But we have works going on in these other areas of the world and obviously Molly being one of our primary ones. What is all this about? It's about what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And you know where the last frontier, where some people say the, the, uh, Alaska is the last American frontier, or space is the last frontier for, for exploration? You know where the last frontier is for missions? In Christ's kingdom, Christ's work, the 1040 window. So why do we make it our priority? 
That's why we make it our priority. Are we about being about God's priority? Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, Jesus said to his followers, Go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. Psalm 67, verse 2. Send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. I would hope that as a church, we would see our mission. I would hope as an individual, you would see your mission. I would like to ask our Zambia team uh, to come on up here. And also, Zach Duhamel, if you'll come up here. Uh, We want to commission some of our team members, some of our church members who are going. And I'm going to need a mic. There's a mic. Come on down here, Zach. I'm going to give you this one. We have uh, we have our Zambia team. I'm going to give that to you. Uh, Zambia team leaves on Thursday morning. And I think you all are the biggest team. Good luck, Mike. Uh, Mike is uh, the team leader, and uh, he, as he, as he, uh, his job primarily is to get him there and to get him back. But we have some other very skilled laborers, and I don't even know that everybody. Is everybody here? Everybody here? All but the two from Texas. All right, there's two of them joining from Texas. Okay. Again, y'all might have to have buddies, okay? When you cross the street, hold hands and make sure you have a travel buddy with you. Uh, but, uh, Greg, tell us about the, the work that you're going to be doing there and kind of how we can be praying for y'all in the work. Um, the work we're going to be... You're on. The work we're going to be doing is helping to build the orphanage, uh, the New Day Orphanage that Blue and Darby are starting. Uh, right now, the buildings are, are going up pretty quick. They've already got the guest house up. It's just waiting for the trust that... Uh, this group is designed, and we're going to go over there and start building and so that they can start the orphanage in a, in a very well-needed area. Um, what you can pray for us is all the, I guess what you could call the cookie cutter, make sure our stuff gets there, make sure we get there. Um, but as I was thinking about it, really, we sell our time here in the U.S. I mean, that's how we get paid. Over there, they don't. So my biggest prayer request of you all to pray for us is that we die to our culture. We die to our schedules, our wanting to get things done, and just open our hearts and our minds to the people who are there and how they live and how they work. Wonderful. Pass the mic to, to Ryan there, because this is quite, quite the team. You don't realize this. We have professional architect, we have professional contractors, we have engineers. God just put this team together in a beautiful way. And then we got the laborers and the children's workers and the women's workers. It's going to be a beautiful chemistry as, the, as they go. And then Ryan. First time to go. A sales guy. A sales guy. What are you going to sell him? (laughs) Sell him Jesus. Uh, What do you think? This is your first trip. Yes. So, and I think it's several first trips out here. So, what's your thoughts? What's your fears? What? How can we be praying for y'all? The biggest thing you can pray for, uh, I guess, us newbies. um, I remember, gosh, December, uh, crazy love, Mm -hmm. and that's really what spoke to me. And that's just to go serve and live above yourself. And so we've got this, this uh, mission to go serve the Lord, serve others. But uh, we're going to a whole new environment we've never been before. Yeah. And so it's just for us to have that joyful heart, not today and not when we get home, but the entire course. Just continue that joyful heart. That's 
Right. Flexibility is a key word. To Absolutely. Enjoy and enjoying Absolutely. the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. We also have Zach Duhamel here. Zach contacted me. Zach grew up at, uh, uh, well, actually became a believer at Grace Point, but has now gone on to U of A. Is that right? What year are you there? Sophomore, sophomore, all right. But he wrote me recently is going with Campus Crusade for Christ this summer uh, to a Sydney, or Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. That's awesome. Tell us about the work you're going to be doing there. All right. Um, well, I was going to try to do it in an Australian accent, but... <laughs> you can come back. You can do that day, when you get uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, we're going to be on Monash uh, University. It's like a humongous campus, uh, just doing, like, just walking up to people and sharing the gospel, basically. Um we're going to be just, like, I don't know how that's going to look yet, passing out flyers, just doing whatever, but we're just going to build relationships and uh, share our faith. Um, so how can we be praying for you in this? I'd say the biggest thing is just, uh, well, of course, the travel and all, because mm-hmm. it's pretty far away. Uh, but, no, just to to give us, like, courage, uh, just in uh, the words, you know, to what to say, just walking up to people, because uh, it's pretty, like, it's exhilarating good. thing, yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be the main thing. So. And Australia, as much as America is moving to an unchurched state, Australia is even more already there. So uh, pray for courage and strength. And again, Luke 12, 12 is a great one to, to memorize and, and to have locked in. Uh, let's pray for them, all right? If you know any of these on the stage, come up and stand with them. And let's just uh, stand with them in prayer and pray over them uh, as we come together here. Hey, Daniel, would you take up uh, Zach, Zach's mic? I want you to pray for these, this team as, as they go, all right? These t- uh, actually, team and, and Zach as they go. Father God, Lord, we just thank you so much uh, for the willing hearts of, of each individual up here. And God, we just pray for your protection over them as they travel. But, Father, just pray that you just give them the words to say, the opportunities to just serve you, Father, more than just uh, meeting needs on a physical basis for, for these people, but a spiritual basis, Father, that people will come to know you, Father, that the lost will be found. Father, I pray that you'll also grow each of these individuals and in, in their experience and their love uh, for you, God. Lord, thank you once again just for their willing hearts. Your holy name I pray. Amen.